0: Chapter Three of Immortality and the Unseen World by W. O. E. Westerly. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three The Demonology of the Semites. One Semitic Demonology in General. Some consideration of this subject, so far as it concerns the Israelites and kindred nations of the Semitic race, is demanded here. For it cannot be separated from the subject of ancestor-worship and the cult of the departed, which we shall consider later. Moreover, anything that has to do with superhuman, and therefore immortal beings, requires to be taken into consideration in our study of immortality in the Old Testament. And then, there is a further important fact, which is of itself sufficient to demand some attention to what may not at first appear directly concerned with the subject in hand the fact namely that with the development of the belief concerning immortality there arises the question of the fate of men hereafter as conditioned by their life on earth and with this arises the belief in the kingdom of Satan, the head of the demons. This has its ultimate roots in primitive Israelite demonology. However much it may owe to extraneous influences, there was an indigenous demonology in Israel, very distinct indications of which are to be found in the Old Testament. The belief in harmful spirits, not that they are all or always harmful is characteristic of a certain stage in the evolution of the religious beliefs of as far as is known every race of men it is so ineradicable an element in popular superstition that even among the most civilized nations of the present day there are numerous practices which are remnants of the universal belief in the activity of demons which existed even within quite recent times if this is so in modern times how much more is it likely that that belief flourished three or four millennia ago among less civilized nations so that although the references to demonology in the old testament are comparatively speaking not numerous nevertheless in reality they are more numerous than many people realize. This must be due not to the fact that it did not exist, but to some other cause. Again, among those nations which are racially closely connected with the Israelites, we find a very extended belief in demons. The Canaanites, at that time of the Israelite invasion, were in the stage of polydaemonism they also practiced ancestor worship venerating the ancient tribal heroes at their traditional tombs as well as under holy trees and beside holy wells like other semites they recognized the activity of a spirit sometimes kindly disposed at other times harmful in the storm in the desert in the tree well and stone in the heat of summer and cold of winter, in the clouds and stars, as well as in animals. They did not make the distinction between gods and demons, whether in nature or animal. That was made in later times. In the same way, the Phoenicians, although owing to special causes, they had attained a higher culture than the other Canaanite nations, practiced a religion which had a like origin, a religion which, like that of the Canaanites, was developed from conceptions of a primitive character, and whose content was most probably very similar to that which the early Arabs practiced. The belief of the Arabs concerning spirits and demons is particularly significant, for the great Arabian peninsula, was the primeval home of the Semitic race. And Arab belief and practice, even as found at the present day, go back to very ancient times. Mohammedanism scarcely affected the popular superstitions concerning the jinn at all. Lastly, the demonology of the Babylonians and Assyrians was of a very elaborate character. And, owing to the far-reaching influence which Babylonian thought and practice had upon the ancient Israelites as well as upon the Jews of the exile and post-exilic periods, Babylonian demonology is of great importance in connection with our present investigation. So that the fact that an elaborate demonology existed among the Canaanites, the Arabs, and the Babylonians all closely connected with the Israelites racially, and living either in their midst or in the lands around them, and having constant intercourse with them, raises the natural presumption that these latter had their beliefs regarding spirits and demons, and that we should therefore expect to find traces of them in the Old Testament. Then again, in the judaism of post-biblical times we find a system of demonology which is simply colossal one would reasonably suppose that this had its roots in the beliefs of earlier times within the nation itself but it is objected that the demonology of later judaism is really the product of neo-babylonian persian and greek influence nobody would for a moment doubt that these influences have been very strong, and that Jewish demonology owes much to them. But the question is whether all, Babylonian, Greek, and Persian, do not trace their beliefs on this subject back to a common, very early source, of which the ancestors of all these nations possessed a common stock, varying, of course, greatly in details but identical in fundamentals. It seems difficult to doubt this, in view of what we know of the beliefs and practices of ancient Phoenicia and of the Canaanites generally, and especially in view of what we know of Arab demonology. While there is great similarity both in belief and practice in many respects among these peoples, there is yet sufficient difference in the systems of the babylonians arabs and jews to admit of a certain amount of matter proper to each sufficient individuality in each of the systems to warrant the belief that each has an independence of its own and if this is so if the demonology of later judaism can in any way lay claim to a character of its own then there is at any rate some justification for believing that it is based in part upon earlier belief two some details of semitic demonology we shall now indicate some beliefs and practices in reference to demons which are common to arab babylonian and jewish demonology other points in these systems will come before us later on in this chapter. All three systems teach that immense numbers of demons and other spirits exist in the world. The Arabic term jinn is a collective word, implying, therefore, multiplicity. Among the Babylonians, the large number of proper names for demons is enough to show how numerous they were. But in one text, it is said... That the demons cover the whole world, in another, that they cover the earth like grass. The rabbis taught that the demons gather themselves together in companies, and according to Tonhuma, the whole world is full of harmful spirits. The number is given by one rabbi as seven and a half millions, and elsewhere it is stated that every man has ten thousand of them at his right hand and a thousand at his left according to arab teaching the jinn that is the dark or concealed ones were the ghostly shadows of nations that have perished certain ruined sites such as Higar and nichibin were pointed out as being inhabited by the spirits of those who in days gone by had lived there all burial places excepting of course the tombs of saints were believed to be full of demons the connection between demons and the spirits of the departed is likewise a strongly marked characteristic in babylonian belief here it was taught for example that the demons were the messengers of erish Kigal, queen of the realm of the dead nam taru one of the worst demons issued it was said from the netherworld the abode of the departed utuku who harms those who abide in the wilderness is also a spirit of the dead and closely connected with him is ikimu the departed soul as he is called who for some reason or other can find no rest and wanders over the earth, injuring men whenever opportunity offers. His anger is especially directed against those with whom he has had any relations while on earth, and it is supposed to be partly their fault that he is unable to re-enter the realm of the dead and find rest. If, for any reason, the spirits of the departed are unable to enter the realm of the dead, they have to wander about the earth, until the hindrance is taken away while thus banished from their rightful abode they make it their business to harm all those with whom they had had any intercourse while on earth especially relatives for according to babylonian belief it was owing to the neglect of those who were left behind that the departed spirits were unable to get to rest Ikimu would thus appear to be a kind of general representative or embodiment of a class. Among the causes which hindered departed spirits from entering into rest were neglect of the prescribed burial rites, more especially when a body remained unburied or lay in foreign soil. Neglect to bring the proper offerings for the dead would also doubtless have been considered another cause of the restlessness of departed spirits that jewish belief regarding the connection between the departed and demons ran on the same lines may be presumed from the fact that cemeteries were looked upon as one of the favorite spots in which demons congregated in the sibylline oracles proem 20 through 22 It is stated that the people will be punished because they have ceased to worship the one true God and because they offer sacrifice to demons in the underworld who are the spirits of the departed. Again, all sickness was regarded as being due to demons. Thus, the Arabs believed that fainting fits, epilepsy, gout, fever, and epidemics of every sort were the result of the harmful activity of demons madness is described as being the effect of a demon taking up his abode in a man and possessing him the same is found in the babylonian and jewish systems thus among the babylonians there was a demon who was the cause of headache labartu and namtaru were pest demons and there were many storm demons by whom men were harmed. Ashaku was the demon of burning fever, and Demetum was the evil curse. Among the Jews, Shabiri was the demon who brought blindness, while there was another demon of leprosy, another of heart disease, another of fever, and there was also a storm demon. All three systems agree that at night the power of demons is greatest. For this reason, the Arabs were in the habit of covering up the children's faces when they went to bed. Every vessel was covered over, lights were lit, and the doors were locked. It was only at the rising of the morning star that the demons dispersed. Among the Babylonians, it was the demon Alu who wandered about at nights. He is to be found especially in ruins, where he hides, waiting to fall upon any luckless passer-by. He also creeps into bedrooms and robs the weary of their sleep. He is described as running about at nights like a dog. In the same way, the demon Galu sweeps through the streets after dark, making every place insecure so too in the jewish system it is taught that demons are most harmful from dusk until cock crowing at nights they surround houses and injure everyone who falls into their hands they kill children if found out after dark as soon as the cock crows their power is at an end again according to all three systems it was believed that demons had a special predilection for certain places. As we have already seen, the Arabs held that desert places, burial grounds, thickets where beasts gather, and ruined sites where men used to live, were the special kinds of places where demons loved to congregate. They believed that the weird moaning of the wind in the wilderness and bleak bare spots was the voice of demons which caused the locality to speak. Compare the howling wilderness, Deuteronomy chapter thirty two verse ten. With this, Babylonian teaching agrees. Namtaru, it is said, rushes over the wilderness like a windstorm. Utuku and Ikimu, with their followers, hover about in desert places and in mountainous regions they are also to be found near tombs and in cemeteries this is entirely in accordance with jewish belief on the subject they gather in shaded spots on moonlit nights in waterless spots near ruins and in cemeteries and harm people who come within their reach they are especially to be found in the wilderness and other desert places They are particularly hurtful at nights. It is supposed to be unsafe to salute a person in the dark, for it might be a demon. Further, the Arabs taught that demons have the power of becoming visible or invisible at will. They have also the power of assuming various forms, especially those of snakes, lizards, scorpions, and other creeping things. Among the Babylonians, it is said, that Ashaku places himself by the side of a man, and nobody sees him. All demons could render themselves invisible. When they appeared in visible form, it was usually in the shape of some animal. This power of becoming invisible and of assuming various shapes, whether animal or human, is likewise true of Jewish demonology satan the head of the demons is said to appear in the form of a beautiful woman or of a beggar shisha appears in the shape of a bull one is never safe from demons on account of their sudden appearing apparently the presence of a demon is entirely unsuspected while all the time some animal close by is a demon in disguise This relationship, believed to exist between the demons and animals, is a feature common to all three systems. According to Arab belief, some animals sent out the approach of demons when as yet men are unaware of their presence. Thus, when a donkey brays or a cock crows, it is a warning of the approach of a demon. Presumably, the cock crowing in the early morning on the other hand was a note of warning to the demon demons appear in the form of wild beasts in the wilderness even domestic animals are sometimes in league with them between some birds and demons there exists quite a friendship for example such birds as crows woodpeckers owls and others owls moreover were regarded as incarnations of departed spirits. Ostriches were believed to be used by demons for riding upon. This is also true of foxes. But the closest connection of all is that between demons and serpents. Jean and Guel are synonymous for serpent. This applies also to Shaitan, that is Satan. It is no exaggeration when Velhausen says that quote, "...the zoology of Islam is at once a demonology." Close quote. Then, as regards Babylonian belief on this point, it was held that Utuku, Ikimu, and Alu appeared in the form of bulls. The same applies to Shedu, one of the foremost demons. Indeed, all demons were conceived of as normally dwelling in animals. It was the way in which the Babylonians explained the problem as to where the permanent abode of the demons was, seeing that, according to them, the demons were excluded from the realms of the dead. Among such animals, those were chosen which were the most likely to inspire sudden fear, more especially serpents compare with psalm 91 verse 13 which appeared suddenly one knew not whence and disappeared as suddenly one knew not whither or again scorpions which were very injurious and hidden spots where they could not be noticed until too late many demons were also supposed to appear in the form of birds or they were conceived of as hybrid monsters Birds with the heads of lions or donkeys and the like in the jewish system it was taught that bulls mosquitoes donkeys and above all serpents were in league with the demons satan is of course identical with the serpent in the garden of eden indeed it is said that the demons were originally serpents and became what they are By a process of evolution. Lastly, a very significant trait common to all these systems was the belief in different species or classes of demons. The Arabs regarded them as being divided into clans and tribes, much in the same way as they themselves were. Though the jinn have no individuality, they fall into various classes and certain of these are sometimes mentioned as particularly harmful the most dangerous kind of all is the guel, a feminine noun of which the plural is gilen or aguel this word comes from the root signifying to destroy perhaps originally to assault the gul is supposed to lie in wait at some place where men are destined to perish. She also entices them thither, especially by night. The cuel has carried him off is sometimes merely a poetical expression meaning he has perished. The poets also mention a kind of female demon called silek, of which the plural is sa'ali, this term scarcely ever occurs except as a simile for the purpose of describing swift horses or camels formidable warriors or frightful women examples of the same kind of thing among the babylonians are the followers of utuku who form a different category from the followers of ikimu so too in the jewish system Various species of demons are recognized. For instance, the Shedim, from a root meaning to be violent, the Lilin, from Lilith, the night hag, whose followers they were, and the Ruhin, from the root Ruach, wind. All, however, come under the general term Matsikin which includes all the harmful spirits. These details form a very brief resume of elements common to Arab, Babylonian, and Jewish demonology. Other points will be mentioned when we deal with the demons and spirits referred to in the Old Testament. They offer, it is believed, some grounds in support of the contention that, in spite of superficial appearances, there must have been a widespread belief in these spirits among the israelites to which the old testament bears witness such a belief and all that it involves is an element in the old testament teaching on immortality hence the need of devoting some attention to a subject which would otherwise come more appropriately under the head of folklore End of chapter 3